at Oasis, we've been going through a sermon series entitled Core Values. And uh, let me say this, if this is your first time being here or you're visiting from another church, this is uh, still, uh, these I believe are still some very powerful messages. Um, and there are core values of what we stand here on here at Oasis Church. Um, and so we did this a year and a couple months ago, and we said, you know what, we need to do this again because our church has grown, people are brand new, and they need to know what we stand for, right? Amen? But the thing about these core values were they, they're not just something that I thought of, right? Like, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> That rhymes, right? You guys, people have said that. Your, your core values rhyme. Yeah, I know. I know. But they were something that we prayed over for five years before we took ground here, before we stepped foot here in this city. And I truly believe something, that these core values not only are for this church, but they're for you if you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ. Okay? So we've gone through prayer, our direct line. We, we've gone through people, our calling. Andrew said it uh, this, this morning at team time. We were talking about calling. How many of you wrestle with your call, knowing what to do? My hand's up, right? Guess what? We don't have to wrestle with what we are called to do, and that's people. And everybody said, we're called to people, right? People, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you love Jesus, you are called to people. Well, I'm not a people person. <laughs> then get along with Jesus and ask him to change your heart. <laughs> Because we are called to be about people, especially in a city called Chicago where everybody's doing their own thing. They're against each other, and they're not for each other. We, more than ever before, are called to the city and are called to be about people. Amen? We will always be a church that is open to every single person that walks through those, wall, th- those doors. I don't care where you've come from. I don't care what you believe. I don't care what you're walking through. We believe the grace of God is big enough to get you into this church and into these walls and to change your life from the inside out. I don't care what you are, who you are, what you believe. We do not care. You're welcomed home here. And we just have a thing here that church should be fun. We'll have fun together, babe, me and you. (laughs) Church should be fun. Like, no, seriously, some of you walked in here like, no, this is church. This is the presence of God. I don't know about you, but there's fullness of joy in the presence of God. Come on. So church is fun. If you don't want to have fun, maybe this isn't the place for you. We love you. God bless you. Hope you find somewhere for you. We really do. But in this church, we have fun, eh? My, my, my section back there. I'm with them. But this morning, we're going to cover a topic that I, I want to say this, because we've been labeled as a young church, right? That's cool. Whatever. Whatever. But there's some mighty people in this church. I don't care how old you are or where you've come from. Call it whatever you want to label Oasis Church Chicago. We'll always be labeled as a church because we're not just here for a couple years. We're going to be here for decades upon decades upon decades. Amen? And so this base of our core values, this one, let me be honest, is not fun to teach. Okay? And it's always, always, always difficult to receive. Even myself. If I hear this talked about in church, it's, it's like, oh, man. Because you know what we're talking about? Generosity. Generosity, our gift this morning. And immediately everybody's minds go to Money, money, money. No? Who, who, who went there? Let's be honest to that guy so we can pray afterwards. Right? Generosity, our gift. Let me say something to you. If you're a new believer, if you're young in terms of age, or even if you're old, there is such a powerful principle about generosity in the Bible. It is throughout Scripture. It is not just touched at certain verses and certain places. Generosity, what I believe, is this entire thing. Like, if you think about what God gave us, this earth, if you think about then what God did for us, his son Jesus, if you think about what he's going to do, his return for his bride, that's all generosity. So it's not this morning 
Just this idea and concept of I'm asking you guys to give more out of your financial means. This morning, I'm going to talk to us about our generosity being our time, talent, and our treasures. Our time, our talent, and our treasures. Generosity, our gift. Bountiful giving in those three areas is a mark of understanding true grace. Okay? When you understand what grace is, when you understand that it's something you can never earn nor do to get, except he just gives it, it then changes the way that you understand generosity. You understand the gift that we have inside of us. Generosity defined is this. I looked it up. Really good definition here in the Webster Dictionary. Awesome. I love Webster. He's such a good guy. It's this. Showing a readiness to give more of something. This is Webster, not me. Showing a readiness to give more of something as money or time. Okay? I'm going to put in there too. I'm going to add to the dictionary. Treasure. Time, treasure, and talent than is strictly necessary or expected. Being a person of generosity, it's showing a readiness to give more of something as money or time than is strictly necessary or expected. We believe here at this church that we are called to be people of generosity. Generosity is not giving what is required. Okay? Generosity is not giving what is required. It is going above and beyond. You of, those of you in this room that are young in the faith or young people, this is such a value that if you can get inside of your heart today, it will carry you to places and spaces you can't imagine. Guys, I have been to spaces and places that I can't even put my mind to. And you want to know why? It's because first and foremost, Jesus died. He saved me. He redeemed me. But I caught this. I got this. I'm still learning this. But when you get a heart of generosity, it's like, oh, my goodness, there's so much more in store for me. Generosity is not about how much you give. It's about the heart. It's about the heart posture. I'm, base, I'm setting this up so you guys are not walking out here going, he just wants my money. Right? We don't. We need it. The church needs it. But guess what? If you don't want to give with a joyful heart, keep it. It's a true story. I'll say that from here. But this isn't just about that. Having a heart of generosity is having the heart of God. Okay? Having a heart of generosity is having the heart of God. Who wants the heart of God? My hands up. I want God's heart. I want to know what he says. I want to know how he acts. I want to know what he thinks. And having the heart of God is having a heart of generosity. Two scriptures that we're going to look up today. Two scriptures. The first one is found in Mark 12. It's going to be up on the big Bible behind me and on the small Bibles next to me. Um, And so I'm going to read Mark 12, and then I'm going to tie this into also a New Testament scripture in 2 Corinthians 8, 6 through 7. But just bookmark that. I'll get to it. I want to just share a little background of what's happening in Mark. Jesus is on the earth. He's moving. He's operating. He's doing great and mighty things. Man, what a time to be alive when Jesus was on earth, huh? I I hear that all the time, right? And I say it, man, I would have loved to see Jesus move and operate. And I I catch that. I get that. But guess what? He's moving and operating today. So what a time to be alive today. Amen? Like he's moving today. He's moving in the same way. His spirit is alive and well here on this earth today, and he's moving. So today is such a time to be alive for. Amen? But Jesus is here in the flesh on earth. He is, he is teaching. He is correcting the way of thinking. Okay? He is teaching and correcting the way of thinking that the religious leaders have taught and thought throughout the time before he arrives. Okay? And there's such a powerful story that happens. He, he goes into uh, what would be the temple. And he's sitting back. I imagine Jesus just sitting back, leaning up against the wall, right, with his 12 sidekicks. Right? His homies. You ever see guys post up? I feel like that's what Jesus was doing, just like up on the wall, like, 
watching it, watching people come into the temple, and he watches something profoundly impactful happen. There's a box in the temple place that people would come and they would pr- place their offerings. They would place what they have. At that time, in this situation, it was their monetary means. They were placing it. And it's such a powerful story. Let's read it together. Mark 12, 41 through 44. It says this. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Pause. Being rich is not bad. Okay? It's not a bad thing. It's not money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of money. See, there's people that have, have the ability to, to gain resources, right? And they have talents and abilities, and they've been placed to do it. That's okay, as long as they're not living and breathing and dying for the love of money. Okay? So this isn't just all the rich people, we're going to go at them, everybody fool, let's go. No. Right? Okay? You all with me? Everybody nods, so we're in this together. Cool. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came. And dropped in two small coins. I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> I, just, I just see that, right? This widow, this person of no status, no regard, walks into the temple. And she puts in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, hey, homies, I got to tell you something. I got to teach you here for a moment. I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. They gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. The other scripture that I want to read, and we're going to correlate this at the end, 2 Corinthians 8, 6-7. Paul was writing to a beloved church in, in Corinthians. There's been a lot of teaching, false teaching, and he's kind of trying to get them back to what is true and what is right. And he says this, So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish the ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways, Paul's complimenting him, right? Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us. I want you, though. Above all that, you guys are awesome. You're doing great. You're going for it. You got great love. You got great enthusiasm. You got great words. You got great worship. Above all that, I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving. In the gracious act of giving. Jesus, these are your words this morning. I pray that you will use them, that you will speak through them. God, help us to be like this widow. God, help us to, to give, not out of, uh, the, uh, give little, but give out of much because we have been given much. Jesus, be in this time. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Have you ever done something to get noticed? We all are in this boat together this morning. We have all, in some point in our life, done something to get noticed. I remember, as you guys know, I was an athlete in college, and I played sports all my life, and I would always find it very, very, very fascinating when we'd be in a practice, right? 
especially in college when it's very competitive and people are, are our teammates, but at the same time, like the person next to me is the person that could take my spot, and I'm not going to let them take my spot because I want to get on the field, right? Right? That's just co- competition. It's not necessarily wrong at all. And I would remember oftentimes during practices that I would be there in a drill, right? We did drills, and, and many of you that play sports, you know what I'm talking about. The rest of you just nod your head and smile and come with me on this journey. We would do drills, and I would remember guys that were quote-unquote new freshman incoming guys or, or guys that maybe were just a little bit behind in terms of playing abilities. That's not wrong. We needed those guys, right? We needed them to make up the team. But I would remember something so profoundly impactful that these guys that knew they weren't going to play, they knew that they didn't have to prepare as much as me, and I was in that boat in sometimes in my career. Like we didn't have to train as hard. We didn't have to run as hard. We didn't have to give as much as the starters were giving. But it was always fascinating to me that I would be in a drill and we'd be kicking the ball back and forth, kind of on our toes a little bit, real soft. And then all of a sudden I would watch as the head coach would turn from one group and start walking towards the other group, right? And the guys that were just like nonchalantly were like, like going for it. Like, and I would be like, what just happened? <laughs> Did the Holy Spirit come over you? Like what in the world? They would just go from zero to 100 in a matter of seconds. Right? It was the most fascinating thing that I would watch these guys that were just kind of like we're here going through the motions, just passing the ball back and forth to when the coach put their eyes on him. It was a whole different ball game. They were like, we're here. We're in this. <laughs> Ride or die. We're going for it. And I'm like, yo, dudes, like, whoa. <laughs> Where has this been the entire time? Where has this been Always. And it's such a fascinating scene to think about because I just imagine how much better we would have been as a team if every single moment of every single day we would have given above and beyond what was required from us. We would give above and beyond what is asked from us. We wouldn't give just when someone was watching. But we would give when nobody else was watching. See, let me say this. What you do in private matters. Because what you do in your private life will carry into your public life. See, when you do things in the private, when you build yourself up in the kingdom of God, it comes out in the public. Some of you are wondering why things aren't happening in the public. It's because the private life is not being built up by Jesus. We turn it on in church. Oh, I'll lift my hands. I'll give. I'll show up to serve a little bit. I'll make sure that everybody sees what I'm doing. And this is the complete opposite of what generosity is. Generosity is giving when nobody else sees it. Generosity is giving above and beyond what is required for you to give. Generosity is not just turning it on sometimes. It's a lifestyle. Hello. It's a lifestyle. I have come to believe that generosity is truly a lifestyle. It's a building thing that you build upon every single day. See, giving in the kingdom of God is not a give to get scenario. It's a give because we've already been given everything scenario. So you don't just wake up in the morning and think, today I'm going to give above and beyond. Today I'm just going to give a little bit more extra. No, I want us to wake up every single day with a heart of generosity going, Jesus gave me everything. So this isn't I'm going to wake up today and be my best self. Anybody want to be their best self? I'm just being my best me, right, today. Well, how about you be your best me by letting Jesus create you who, who he wants you to be? And then what he's calling you to be is being a person of generosity. See, living your best self, right? It's being people that are care for people, that honor people, that go above and beyond what is asked for them. And guess what? You may never get recognition for it. 
sorry, not sorry. Like, hashtag sorry, not sorry. Are there ha- like, people are like, I just need to be recognized. If I'm going to give, if I'm going to be generous, I want somebody to tell me how generous I am. That's not how it works. This is for me too, right? JP, when you serve, when you go above and beyond, when you do things that nobody's watching you do, you may never get recognition for it. But guess what? Heaven sees it. Jesus sees it. And guess what? We are running around today trying to catch the eye of everybody else except the one that we should be trying to catch his eye. Hello, that was a really good, that'll preach all day long. Amen, amen, amen. See, we're running around today. Young people, old people, we're like, I just want to be seen by somebody. I just want to be able to be seen by this person or that person. And I look at this widow. And I think, man, she didn't care who was there. She did what she was called to do. She gave above and beyond. See, there's two types of people in this world. And this is not condemning anybody. This is encouraging. And everybody said, I want us to have a heart of this. I want us to walk out of here going, man, I wasn't like this before, but man, I see this. And I understand this. And I catch it. I don't understand it all. Isn't that awesome? We're on a journey. Yeah, I'm I'm great. (laughs) Woo, super grateful. (laughs) I'm always grateful that Jesus calls us to be on a journey with him, right? That it's not like, figure it out right now. (laughs) Because I'd be like, oh, my gosh. It's a journey, right? It's such a journey with Jesus. If you don't think this is a walk with Jesus, let me tell you, it's a walk with Jesus. He says, walk with me. Talk with me. Grow with me. Grow from grace to grace. From glory to glory. Right? And so there's two types of people. There's people that give and that you're full of generosity because it's what we get to do. It's our gift to God and people. And then there are people that give. Me too sometimes. I'm in this category. Put a little note. Literally, JP, this is you too. Or you give in hopes that you will be seen by others, or better yet, God. You're hoping that what you do and when you do it, you're you're catching God's eye. He's already seeing you. He already sees you. He sees the heart. He sees what is inside of you already. And what he's saying to you is, hey, fix your heart. No, he's saying, I want to call things out of you that are in you to make you stronger, to make you greater, to make you more of who I am. Generosity. But we all know, right? We all know. It's hard to give. Cool. In this forever. That's why she's my forever. Tattooed. We in this. And you're carrying my child. Praise the Lord. It's good. We, we end this together. But it's hard to give, right? It's hard to give your time. It's hard to give your talents sometimes. It's even harder to give your treasure. It's super hard. There's been moments in our marriage and in our life and in my own life where I'm like, man, this is really hard. <laughs> this is going to cost me. This is going to do something in me that's going to stretch me. I'm going to be stretched really thin here in this moment. But guess what? I think about the outstretched arms of Jesus on a cross. He didn't die like this. He died like this. And every time I ask the Holy Spirit, if I am being selfish, because that's what it is, right? It's being selfish. If I'm saying, Jesus, I'm being selfish, just I don't have the time. I don't have the, the talent to give. I don't have another minute to give. I don't have the treasure to give. He's like, hey, JP, there's more in you. You do have it. And remember me, what I did for you. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. 
You opened up everything. You outstretched your arms for me. So if I'm called to be like Jesus, right, we're called to follow Jesus, right? If we're going to be like Jesus, then we need to be people that have our arms stretched out wide. That are going to give when it hurts. How many of you know the greatest things in life sometimes should cost you? They require sacrifice. Yo, I had to find the perfect woman for me, but it cost me. I had to fight for her. I almost blew it. <laughs> She's like nodding her head like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yo, chill, we'll talk about this later. Like, But when you want the right things, when you want the best things, it costs you sometimes. And guess what? Are you worth fighting for it? Are you worth fighting to be noticed by heaven? Are you wor- is it worth the fight? See, we can't look at it and say it's too hard. Because when we do that, we're withholding from what God wants to do in and through us. When we say, I can't, we're withholding the power that raised Christ from the dead that's inside of us. When we say, I can't, it's saying, I literally don't trust you, God, that your spirit is inside of me that raised Jesus from the dead. I can't do it. Instead of saying, no, 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 okay, this is going to cost me. This is going to be hard. I'm not going to like this as much as I think I'm going like, to like, like it, right? But guess what? Your spirit's inside of me. And if you're calling me to do it, if you've asked me to do it, I'll be like that widow, and I'll give above and beyond. See, no one noticed that widow, right? No one saw her. They all noticed the crowds coming in, right? It says a crowd. You guys all know when you see a crowd, right? You see a crowd. <laughs> Some of you are like, uh, <laughs> what is he, <laughs> crowd, person? <laughs> you notice when you see a large crowd, Crowds are attractive. You're like, what's going on over there? Right? It just happens, right? So everybody is seeing the crowd walk in and give. But then when that one, that widow, that person that's the outcast, the person that doesn't have much, when she walks in, nobody sees her. Except Jesus. Except the one that she desperately wanted to see. She gave out of desperation because she wanted to align her heart with the heart of God. What generosity does, if you catch this, if you understand this, that it will give you the heart of God. When you say, hey, my schedule doesn't look like it can fit in. I don't see the bank account working out this way to give above and beyond. I don't know how I'm going to give my talents because I don't think I have any talents. Let me just say, you have talents in you that this church needs, that this city needs, that this people need. If you just sit there and go, I don't know how I'm going to do this, you're never going to experience the faithfulness and the fruitfulness and the favor of God. Flat out. Flat out. There's no, like, tell me more, help me understand. It's just that. If you withhold, you're going to withhold God from you. (laughs) (laughs) We have to remember these things. Jesus looks at the heart of the giver. A generous heart doesn't just give some, it gives all. And we give because he first gave us everything. The first thing that I want to take away today I hope you write this down, put it in your phone, put it in the little notebook that you have, that we gave you. If you do not have one, they'll be out there on the back. We'll have one of our team members go grab some. The first is this, Jesus sees our heart to give. Jesus looks at us when we give and he notices how we give. As Jesus looks, he is more interested in how we give. He's more interested in how we give than in how much we give. When Jesus looks, he's interested in how we give, not just how much we give. In seeing how the people gave in this moment, Jesus, I believe, was studying their technique. (laughs) He was looking more at the heart 
and the motive behind their giving. Right? Remember this. Jesus is just sitting back. Right? And he's watching as these crowds come in. And he sees what they're doing. He sees, better yet, not just the outside. He sees the inward. He sees the inward. He sees the private the places and spaces that nobody else sees. Jesus was looking at these people saying, I see your heart to give. And he calls over his homies, his bros. He said, yo, disciples, come here, my crew, come here. And I think it's profoundly impactful that he doesn't make a big announcement. He's not like, hey, everybody in the temple, I got to tell you something. No, he calls those closest to him over. And he says, hey. I want to share a principle with you. I want to share with you that are my followers, my true followers. I want to share something impactful to you. It's profoundly interesting to me, I don't know about you, that he doesn't call out the crowd, right? That he doesn't call out everybody. Because what I believe is this to be true, that those people didn't know who Jesus was. And so we can't cry out to the world like, world, help us. World, do this. Hey, world, be this way in terms of generosity. This isn't necessarily a message for the world. This is a message for you that if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, this is for us. Hello, catch this really quick. Because, see, we're always like, why doesn't the world just give all their money away? We had a conversation, I don't know who was in our apartment the other day, but we were talking about all the billionaires in the world, right? We were like, man, if they would just give all their money away, we would just solve world hunger, right? No, what they need first and foremost is an encounter with Jesus Christ. So let's stop worrying about what they have and what they can give. Let's start worrying about what we have and what we can give. Because guess what? We have Jesus Christ and we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. I know it sounds weird, but we have his spirit alive inside of us that raised Christ from the dead. So we can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, ever, anything that we could ever hope or imagine. So let's just stop worrying <laughs> about how the world should fix things. Oh, the world should do this. And Jesus is like, no. You're my followers. This is on you. This is on you. This is the truth because Jesus is like, hey, you want my heart? Then my heart is calling you to do this. I'm not telling the world how to do this. I need to get my people that follow me, that call me Jesus, that lift their hands and surrender, that are crying out to him to get this. Because he's saying, hey, is your heart in the right place? The world gives to always receive. We give as our response. The world gives always to receive. I know many people that are very well off, and they're awesome. But I know anytime that they make an investment, right, anytime they, they buy a stock or they buy into a, a, a business, they're always like, what's my return? And that's smart, right? I'm not downplaying that at all. I believe business is practical. I believe that's important for each and every one of you in this room. If you're going to invest in something, make sure you're going to get a good return on your investment, Right? But like the world always gives to receive. In the kingdom of God, we don't give to receive anything else. We've received everything we need. And his name is Jesus. And you're like, oh, but I want something more. I don't have anything else to give you more. <laughs> There's nothing else in this Bible to give you except you've received everything by Jesus Christ coming and invading your heart and living with you and walking with you and talking with you. So if you receive Jesus, you've received everything. You don't need anything else. You understand when you're broke, you got Jesus. You understand when you're on the mountaintop, you got Jesus. You understand when you're sick, you got Jesus. You understand when you're in good health, you got Jesus. You don't need anything else. Oh, but I do. No, you don't. No, you don't. 
Because when you understand how much he loves you, you need nothing else. We don't give as the world gives to receive something. We give out of a response back to Jesus because he gave everything. Guys, if this message that I say often, that Jesus gave us everything, will never stop. Just FYI. <laughs> like, okay, pastor, we've moved on from this. Let's get into some deep theological understanding of the Bible. Yeah, you know the deep theological understanding of the Bible? Jesus gave us everything. And if he doesn't do another thing for you, he's done enough. Hello. Yeah, there's going to be trials. Yeah, there's going to be circumstances. Yeah, theology is important. I believe it. I went to school for it. I, I love it. But guess what? If you just are fighting to try to get something else from Jesus, he has done everything for you. He gave up his seat in heaven, perfection, to come down to this earth, to take on the sins of mankind. Your sin, your sin, my sin, my shame, your shame, our guilt, our pain, to a cross. To a cross. He's like, yo, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm making rights wrong. I'm fixing my children. I'm healing my children. I'm restoring those that will call upon the name of Jesus. That no longer do they have to walk in bondage and in sin. No longer do they have to walk in depression and anxiety. No longer do they have to walk in fear. My cross paid for it all. Wow, Jesus, you did all that for me? For me? All right. Then help my heart to have a heart full of generosity. See, we can ask him for this, for help, right? God, help me, man. I, I, I know it looks faint. I know it looks hard, but help me. The second thing is this. A generous heart doesn't just give some. It gives all. I want us to watch a quick video, and I'm going to wrap up in a few. But this video is from an amazing man of God. His name is Pastor Mark Batterson. Anybody ever heard of uh, the, the Circle Maker book? It's a book. This guy's authored, I think, over 15 books. He's an amazing friend to this house, amazing man of God. This man sewed in to the heart of Oasis from the beginning because he understands something, which is the second point. A generous heart doesn't just give some, it gives all. I want you to hear his story real quick, and I'm going to come back up, and we're going to close out this morning.
some of you may wonder, why did I show that? Why did I have him do that? Man, first and foremost, he's a, he's a friend to us, and he believes in this work. He believes in all of you. Um, but beyond that, you know, I, I love his story. Him and his wife p- p- planted a church in Chicago. And uh, many of you know this, but it's like almost 90% of church plants in Chicago fail. Right? That's crazy. That's such a staggering number. And so when he, when he met us and we talked, he was like, you know what? What I found to be really cool about him is he could have said, hey, you know what? A church failed in Chicago. I gave, I gave, and I didn't get a return on the kingdom of God. But what he said to me was, this is my, now my return, giving through a church that's going to see it through. Because this wasn't the place he was called. He was called to D.C. They got like 10 campuses now out there. They're growing. They're reaching people in a, in a city that is desperately in need of Jesus. Amen, Washington, D.C. And so I show that because I want you guys to catch this. He could have said, I'm done, God. I gave, and you didn't give anything back. You failed me. But he said, no, I understand the heart of God that this isn't just to get. I'm going to keep giving. I'm going to keep sowing. I'm going to keep going because a generous heart doesn't just give some It gives all. A generous heart just doesn't look and say, it didn't work. A generous heart goes, hey, it might not be working right now. I might not be seeing what God's doing. I might not understand what he's up to. I'm going to keep giving. And I'm not just going to give a little bit of my time, a little bit of my treasure, a little bit of my talent. I'm going to give all. And I'm going to give when it hurts. I'm going to give when it doesn't make sense. I'm going to give it when I don't think. And maybe I don't see the return. On the investment. This widow didn't just give one of her coins, she gave two. Let me just say this that coin in today's layman terms would be like a dollar. And I just think about this lady that she walks in, right, and it says in a lot of translations, she's a widow, she does not have much. That's why Jesus talks about take care of the orphans and the widows, right? Because there are people that can't take care of themselves. We are still called to this today. Amen? And then this lady walks in, and I see her just holding, like, these two coins. And I, I think she gets to the treasure box, and she goes, Jesus, here. This is all I got. Literally, this is all I got. But you know what? I'm giving it back to you because I trust you with my life. See, she could have just said, okay, I'll give one today. I'll hold on to this one. And I'll come back in a week, and I'll give maybe this one. No, she said, no, I know how good my God is. He's been faithful to me through and through. It may appear that I have nothing on the outside, but I got everything on the inside. So I'm going to give two because a generous heart just doesn't give some. It gives all. It gives all. And if you can catch this, if you can understand this, if you can ask the Holy Spirit to impart this into you, you will see his faithfulness. If you can't give out of what you have now, you will never be able to give when you have much. I'll just give when I make a bunch of money. Because when you make a bunch of money, you're still going to have the same mentality. Because your mind is still going to think the same way. When you have a bunch of time, guess what? We're on this thing called life. Time just doesn't, like, happen all of a sudden. Like, oh, I have all the time in the world. As life goes on, we've come to find out we have less and less time. But when we give our time, guess what the Holy Spirit does? He expands our time. Well, I, I have talent. Guess what? He wants to use your talent today. But if you wait to get really super uber talented and then you go to do it, you're missing out on what God wants to show you, train you, and shape you right now with where you're at with talent. Okay? The last thing is this. This is encouraging you. We're done. Right here. The third thing is this. Let's give knowing that he first gave us everything. The widow gave because she understood that God gave her everything. He gave her breath in her lungs. Gave her Jesus. I want to finish with this as the band comes up with what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. 
He says, hey, church, I don't want to just excel in great enthusiasm and great faith and great messages and awesome, cool, hipster worship leaders. I don't want to just be, be a church that meets in a really cool building with great graffiti and everybody Instagrams it on the way out. Yeah, we see it. It's awesome. Do your thing. I don't, I, I don't want you just to be a church that just loves the people that look like you. I don't want you to be a church that just, just gives because you're in need of getting something back. Church, Paul says. Jesus gave us everything. So I want you to excel. Not just give. He says, I want you to excel. You know what excel means? Excel. <laughs> Go greater. Go stronger. Go more. With what? Your faith, enthusiasm, great speaking, love. No, you're giving. Why doesn't Paul say your love? Right? Does anybody else think that's crazy? Jesus says what? We should love God and love our neighbors as ourselves. It's the greatest commandment. And Paul goes, hey, it's good to really have great love for people. It's really cool to be enthusiastic and have great preaching and teaching. It's cool to have great worship. It's cool to have a great building. But guess what? I want you to excel in your giving. But Paul, no, 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 there's no buts after this, guys. <laughs> I can imagine someone in the back corner like, uh, Paul, but in the scriptures it says to us that we should love you. Yeah, because you should know that. That's the first thing we're called to do is to love and do it well. But guess what? Church, I want you to excel in your giving. I want you to excel in your giving. I want you to excel when the gift that you give back to the church, when that offering plate goes by. You may say, I don't know how I'm going to figure this out. There was many times that Rachel and I go, oh, my goodness, how are we going to give? You know what I said to her when we got married? The very first thing that we do, the very first thing when we get paid, give to the house of God. Don't write another, do I, don't write another check. Don't write another bill. Do not pay a thing until we pay to the house of God, until we give to the house of God. Why? Because he's been faithful to me. I got breath in my lungs. I got great health. I got a great wife and a great kid and a great community of people. So guess what? And not above that, I got an eternal promise in heaven. So give first. Your time, are you excelling in that? Are you excelling in giving your time? That's a question you got to answer today. I just like video games. I just like lunch dates with the people that I know. The people that we could just talk about everything, to, about everybody else. Are you giving your time to people that you don't know? Are you giving your time to go get a coffee with somebody you've never sat across the table from because you're like, you know what? God called me to come and sit down with you. I don't care what time. I don't care what I get out of this. I may get nothing out of this. I may have to flip the bill on this. Anybody ever get invited to dinner and you go to a really nice restaurant and you're like, oh, my gosh, someone's invited me to dinner. I'm going to go to dinner. And they're like, just order. What's this order? Whatever. And I start ordering whatever. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to take two checks. <laughs> and I'm like, ah. <laughs> but you know what? I'll give my time. I'll pay for a meal even if somebody doesn't offer to give the card. All of a sudden when the bill comes, everybody gets alligator arms. <laughs> I do it all the time with my parents. Every time I go out to eat with my parents, my parents, the bill comes, we're all like, mm -hmm. <laughs> can't reach my. But I, I want us to pray today. Because this is a heavy thing. This is a hard thing. To have a heart of generosity, to be like that widow 
to give when it hurts, to give when you don't know how it's going to work out, to give of your life to the kingdom that, of work that is at hand in the city when it doesn't pay, when it doesn't get praised, when it doesn't. I want to pray today that you have confidence to continue to walk this out, that you have the faith like the widow to keep moving forward, to not just show up and be like, I only have a little bit, I can't give anything. No, you're going to give above and beyond what you have in your hands. So today I want to pray for us. Is that okay? I want to pray that you have the confidence in the heart of generosity, because it's our gift to this world and to this city. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray a prayer. Heavenly Father, today we ask by the power of the Holy Spirit that you will fill us with a heart of generosity. That God, that you will reveal to us in a greater measure what you've done for us and what you continue to do for us. God, I pray that people won't look what's in their hands and say, I can't give anything because I don't have much today, God. They'll look what's inside of them, and that is your kingdom. That is your love. That is your grace. And they'll say, I'll be able to give whatever is asked of me, God. So, God, would people open up their ears to receive what you have to say to them? Would they open up their hearts to be, to be able to answer the call of what you're asking them to give, God? God, today, would we be people of generosity? Would we go above and beyond the call, God? Would we go above and beyond what is asked of us, God? Would we give, God, when it hurts? Would we give, God, when we don't see the dividend that's going to repay us? Because, Jesus, you have given us everything. And so, Jesus, we thank you for your cross. We thank you that in that your arms were stretched wide and a gift to us, that you gave us everything, that you first loved us, and may we excel in giving back to you the gift that has been given to us. So come on, church. If you love them this morning, would you raise to your feet? Can we worship him out of this place tonight?